Welcome to Inside Groove, the only motorsports show where super modifieds are king, methanol is aromatic, and the drivers carry their balls in a bag. Inside Groove is powered by IPC Indy, creating performance parts and solutions for the automotive, aerospace, and communications industries. Here's your host and fellow superholic, Tom Baker. Hello and welcome to the Inside Groove Super Modified Podcast. This is episode 120. My name is Tom Baker. It is great to be back. Uh, did not do a show this past week because I knew that we were going to have the break in the Oswego action. So um, decided to plan the show for this week because then I could also talk hopefully about uh, a little bit at least about what happened uh, with Isma and MSS at Lorraine and um, we had some 350 action that we'll get to in a minute too. Uh, don't have a lot of details, but we can talk about who won at least at Lancaster in the Smack Series. So um, have all the results from June 10th in Oswego, four divisions in action because the Super Stocks came to town. So we'll get to that here in just a moment. We are going to hear from one of the winners and it is going to be the winner of the 350 Super Modified Race at Oswego last week. Kyle Perry going to join us to talk about uh, his season and his win so far and a little bit about uh, his background, too. Uh, we have some new listeners, and we, we wanted, obviously, we wanted to make sure that um, all of you knew about his history. So we'll talk about that, too. Had some fun with that. And uh, the, the what's in the number <laughs> segment is number 20. And I, boy, I have the feeling I'm going to really get burned on this one because the, the the 20 is a number that I don't know has been, I wouldn't say it's been used often, though, as I said, I'll probably miss one or two. But in a couple of situations, you've had one-offs. And so it'll be kind of fun to see if we can gather all of that up and not miss anybody. So we'll get to that as well. And I am just going to go ahead and start with the uh, a look back at uh, Oswego on June the 10th. We'll get to the rest of it as we go. Um, Garrett Zacharias, I, I'll tell you what, that young man, you know, it, it's probably hard for some of you to think about a super stock driver as being uh, the next big thing. But I, I got to be honest with you. I Garrett Zacharias is the kind of a race car driver that I think you could drop into a 350 Super or an SBS. I don't know about a big block. That's a big step. But um, certainly an SBS or a 350. And I believe that that young man, if you put him in winning equipment, would go out and race for a win almost from the beginning. He is just a super talented driver. You watch the moves he makes. He's exciting to watch. He's, he's, he takes right after the rest of the Zacharias family. And there's, I think what, three generations of Zacharias's, um, we could do a, what, uh, name all the Zacharias members who've raced. And that would be a, that would probably take up a whole segment to talk about them all. Um, but I remember, I remember Jim Zacharias racing when I was a kid, he used to come to a swig on the modified. And then, you, you know, you get into the late models or the street stocks or whatever, and you got a whole bunch of them. So Garrett is, is just as good or better than any or all of them. 
in my opinion. I just think he's a really uh, exciting driver and very talented. And the move that he made to, <laughs> holy cow! I mean, um, you know, it's it's the kind of a move that 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 lights up a crowd. So he's fun to watch. Got his fourth win in a row in that division. Not a bad turnout. I thought we'd probably have 20 or 25 of them. We didn't get quite get to 20, but um, Zacharias ended up making the move and, and uh, got the win. Uh, Jarrett Chris, or Jacob Chrisman, I'm sorry, finished in second. Brian Hallett was third. Josh Hunter was fourth. And Matt Drewar finished in fifth. Uh, sixth was Jason Duke Sr. Seventh was Nate Peckham. Eighth was Billy, I'm going to say both. Um, it's B-O-T-H, so that's how I'm going to pronounce it. I hope I didn't mispronounce it. Finishing ninth was Barrett Shank. Tenth was Chris Petorski. Eleventh was Dave Bailey. Twelfth went to Tim Farrell. Thirteenth was Derek Vogler. Fourteenth was Andy Cryan. Fifteenth was Andy Kosilova. And Griffin Miller had his uh, super stock there, but um, didn't start the feature or the heat. So um, I I did not happen to catch why that was, but... Um, it, but he, he did not get any racing action in the heats were won by Josh Hunter and Garrett Zacharias. And that, uh, was the super stock division. So, uh, we'll look forward to seeing them. I know that, uh, they'll be out in great numbers again, uh, classic weekend when they are there. Big block, super modifieds. I'm not supposed to be biased and I'm really not. But in this case, I just have to say that I am I am just over the moon that Dave Danzer got a win because the Danzer Sharkey family has had a very, very rough spring, losing Mike Murphy and Ron Sharkey, um, both so close together. Um, it was an emotional win for Dave, and I was just thrilled to see it. I really was. Uh, and it was a good race. That was... Uh, you know, there again a lot of a lot of drama, a lot of comers and goers. Um, not a huge field of cars, but it was decent, sixteen of them. Um, Danzer got the win in the end. Thought Dave Schillick Jr. was going to win again. Maybe Allison Slode could win again. Um, Dave Schillick ended up with an issue. Uh, he pulled out unexpectedly, and ended up ninth just because of attrition. But uh, Danzer got the win. Danny Connors Jr. a nice run for second. Allison Slode finishing third. Jeff Abold finished fourth the 05, and Jeff was another one I thought, uh, you know, early on might have a shot at winning, but uh, was never really a contender for that. Logan Ravals finished fifth. Joe Gozik finished sixth, and I have to say this, 67-year-old Joe Gozik. I, I, I just, sorry, folks, but um, <laughs> I just could never, I, I'll never get used to that. Tyler Thompson finished seventh in the 98. Brian Osetic ended up eighth with a 75. Schillick was ninth despite not finishing the race. Jack Patrick finished 10th and um, man, uh, not certainly not the season that Jack would have wished for so far. Hopefully they'll get his luck will turn around very soon. Brandon Bellinger ended up with a problem in the 0-2 and finished 11th. I think uh, he got in a tangle. I can't remember who with right off. Uh, Lulave Sr. finished 12th. Tim Snyder was 13th. Mike Bruce, 14th. Hal Tulip 15th. Good to see Hal back at the racetrack. Hal has been racing as long as Joe Gozik. 
And Lubavate Jr. finished 16th. I'm not sure how Hell's age compares to Joe. I think he's younger, but I, I, I would, I, I would have to believe he's at least a few years younger. Uh, let's see. Heats went to Dave Schillick Jr. and Dave Danzer. So if your name was Dave, you won something and everything at Oswego last Saturday night, except for the Hard Charger Award, because the DNS Landscape Hard Charger Award, that went to Dan, Dan Connors Jr. And then Logan Rayballs got the pizza and wings from Lighthouse Lanes for the Up and Comer Award. I'm sure that they will um, appreciate that and... Uh, enjoy that as a pre or post race carbo load. Um, okay, now the SBS. Well, we'll get we'll do the 350 first. Um, Kyle Perry got the win. He's going to be our guest in just a few minutes. So, um, not going to spend a lot of time talking about Kyle here because we'll do that during his segment. But uh, flag to flag win for him on Burke's Do It Best Home Centers Family Night. Uh, Dave Cliff finished in second. Josh Sokolik was third. And I thought Josh was going to have a shot. And I would have thought Tyler Thompson, who finished fourth, would have had a shot as well at giving Kyle a run for his money, but not in the feature. Um, Robbie Worth finished fifth in the four. Uh, boy, Robbie, the ranch has just got I again another another driver who has just had a miserable start to the season. Um I guess if I'm if I could give a little bit of a gipper speech to all of those who who have struggled since the beginning of the year, you just think about the fact that um the ebb of the tide, which is the lowest point of the tide, is the transitional. It's rock bottom basically. So it can only go up from here for some of these folks. Jason Spaulding finished sixth in the feature event. Tyler Thompson won the heat over Sokolik and Perry. Uh, Perry won everything else. He won the $25 for the hard charger away from DNS landscaping and uh, pizza and wings from Lighthouse Lane. So I assume the 25 bucks will pay for the drinks. So that'll, uh, <laughs> that'll be how that works. Um, and I, you know, as many times as Kyle has finished second, uh, you would think he'd weigh about 300 pounds, wouldn't you? From all the pizza. And <laughs> um, so that was the story for the 350 division. Now in the SBS class, Jesse Barrup, 11th to first. Are you kidding me? Wow. Um, two for two for Jesse in small block, uh, super competition. Just, um, just amazing to see his um progress two for two this season um Noah Ratcliffe again finishing second I was I was sure Noah was gonna win I thought it would be either Noah or Camden Proud and we'll get to Camden in a minute but again Noah um he won his heat and gosh you just thought this is gonna be his night um he ended up with a Lighthouse Lanes up-and-comer award. And again, you'd think he'd weigh about 300 pounds because he's won that a bunch for this class. Uh, lots of pizza and wings. But Jesse Barrett, what a run. Ratcliffe second. Camden Proud was third. And I'm glad to see Camden. I didn't know that was going to happen. I'm not sure Camden knew it. I don't know when he knew it. But it seemed like it was kind of a last-minute thing to just 
take the SPS out and test it, and then they tested it, and then, you know, if you're, if you're going to run it on Friday, you're going to race it on Saturday. And so you had to know that if Camden wasn't going to be able to not race it, right? Um, and what a run. He won his heat and finished a solid third in the feature. Looked very, very confident, comfortable, cool as a cucumber, just um, just did a great job with it. Craig O'Connor finished fourth. Drew Pascuzzi fifth. Uh, DJ Schumann was sixth. Tony DeStevens was seventh. AJ Larkin finished eighth. Ryan Gunther was ninth. And Jake the Snake Brown finished in tenth. Griffin Miller finished 11th. Derek Hilton was 12th. Stephen Bradshaw 13th. Carter Gates 14th. Jordan Sullivan 15th. Mike Fowler was 16th, Drew Parker 17th, Ken Pierce was 18th, and Cameron Rowe finished up in 19th. Jesse Barrett, Camden Proud, Noah Ratcliffe got heat wins. Uh, $25 to Jesse Barrett for the Hard Charger Award. Um, White's Car Care fourth place finisher, $25 to Greg O'Connor. And the up-and-comer, like I said, was Noah Ratcliffe. So that kind of wraps up the action at Oswego uh, from last week. Dave Hellowell got the smack 350 win at Lancaster. So all these guys that um, say it's too expensive to travel to Oswego to race every week. Went two hours further around at Lancaster, but we won't uh, get into that. Um, but no, it was a, a good show from what I heard, and Hellowell got the win. I don't have a lot of other details who finished where, because uh, nobody sent me anything. But um, there you have it. Hellwell, your winner there. And then we can talk a little bit about Lorraine. And it, this was a two-day show, and I love that that was the case. And um, didn't have... You know, we didn't have a ton of cars, but good racing nonetheless. And it was great to see that uh, Mike McVadden got a win on Friday. And even greater to see how about Talon Stevens destroys a car in a bone jarring crash at Oswego. And then here just, you know, a couple, three weeks later is um, back at Lorraine with a new car, a newer car, new car to him, former Nakotra car. Um, and I think it's the, the, the old number two that Dave Schillick Jr. was driving uh, back a few years and went out one Saturday. So I love it. That was, that was good stuff. Um, so happy to see that. You know, wish, obviously wish there were more cars, but um, I mean, you, you know, it's tough because we've had some cars hurt, you know, both mechanically and just damage wise and, you know, uh, Mike Sullivan pointed out that it because it was a Friday Saturday show, not a Saturday Sunday show, they couldn't go because they can't. You know, they obviously Abel's run the AMP Auto Parts uh, deal, so um, you know they can't just close the the shop and 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 go uh, go race somewhere. So um, there really wasn't uh, you know for them to drive all the way down there just the one night for just the one night wasn't very practical probably. So, um, you know, it is what it is. Uh, just hope maybe for better for some of the, uh, upcoming ISMA shows, but nonetheless, a, um, a good weekend in Ohio and happy to see that now. 
at Oswego this coming weekend. Uh, kids under 16 will get in free, first of all. Um, so we can start there. And um, it's autograph night also. So you've got um, all the divisions in action. Uh, autographs are at 515, by the way, folks. So don't be late or you won't be able to get autographs. Um, 5.15 is the autograph session, and uh, 6.30, I think, if I got my notes right, 6.30 is is, is um, race time. So um, I'm going to look forward to watching that. Should be fun, and um, I think I'll actually be able to be at home to watch it this weekend because um, it is literally supposed to start raining here in the Carolinas tomorrow which is, as I record this on Sunday evening, it's going to be Monday, and rain all week. They're talking like five to seven inches of rain here. It's going to literally rain until like Saturday. So, you know, we have a lot of tracks with old surfaces here. So you get weepers and such. So I'm not sure we're going to be seeing a lot of um, racing in the uh, area this weekend. And I haven't had a week off in a while, so it'll be kind of nice to... Uh, weekend off i would be kind of nice to have one so i'll be able to uh, watch all the action from us we're gonna look forward to doing so and uh gonna look forward to hearing from kyle perry in a moment about his performance in the 350 super modified race this past weekend and he also dropped a little bit i don't know if this is public or not i missed it but he dropped a little bit of at least we'll call it on this show, breaking news about uh, plans for later in the season as well. So Kyle's coming up next. We're going to take a break. When we come back, you'll hear from Kyle. And then we're going to dive into what's in the number and talk about the number 20 and uh, look forward to that. So uh, back with more of the groove right after this. Experience the age-old Irish hospitality at LaGroff's Pub and Grill, Oswego's premier local spot to grab a cold one and cheer on your favorite sports teams. Stop in for an ice cold beer alongside some exceptional pub fare. Burgers, wings, chicken sandwiches, Philly cheesesteaks, soups, and more. You want it, they've got it. Served up with more than 40 years of awesome customer service. Have a friendly game of darts against players from across the world. That's right, players from across the world. Where else in Oswego can you go to play darts against somebody from across the world? That's crazy. Watch the games on their eight big screen TVs or just relax at Oswego's Neighborhood Bar and Grill. LaGroff's Pub, 187 East 10th Street in Oswego. Check them out on LaGroff's.com. Welcome back to The Groove, and this is episode 120, in case you missed it in the open, and uh, that ties in quite nicely with our featured guest on today's show, and it is Kyle Perry, who is uh, a most recent winner at the Oswego Speedway. Kyle, finally gracing victory lane in the 350 Super Modified Division, a very popular win indeed, and we are excited to have kyle back on the show uh kyle congratulations on the win and this has really been i feel like you've gotten off to a really good start this season talk about um 
kind of what did something change over the winter? Did you do anything different with the car or is it just experience? Talk a little bit about why you think you've been so fast this year. Yeah, I think experience plays a big part of it. You know, just coming back, um, we learned a lot last year, especially towards the end of our season. We actually got a new wing. Uh, we upgraded ah. our wing program a little bit right the week before Classic, and uh, that really seemed to wake the car up. So now that we have a better working wing, we can just work on the handling of the car, and I think we're uh, we're getting closer to where we need to be. So what was the difference in the wing, if you can tell us? I don't, I don't want to give away any secrets, but what was different about the two wings? Um, well, one of the wings was built in the 90s, uh, the old one that we had there. This one is a little bit newer. It's a newer Butch Valley-style wing. Okay. Uh, so it's got a little less drag and a little more downforce. Um, so go. I think that that really it turned our car, you know, classic weekend into a 17-2, 17-3 yeah. car to a 16-8, 16-9 car. So that uh, that made quite a difference, and um, good to see that. So, uh, what was it like for you? Um, walk us through Saturday night's race because it, it would almost appear to me as though um, the way that it played out. I know that you you probably never really believe that you're the guy to beat, but boy, it sure looked that way toward the end. Yeah. The way the class has been this year, um, we haven't had, you know, the quantity of cars, but the quality of cars is, is surely there. You yeah, know, Josh is. has been fast. Um, whoever's been in the 45 has been really fast. You know, Dave's been fast. So I feel like it's really a toss up at, at who's going to win uh, every week. You know, we're all pretty even. Uh, so I knew starting spot was pretty good. You know, once I, yeah. if I, I knew that if I could get the jump there and get out front that I think we'd be pretty good. So, yeah, nobody, uh, nobody really, um, really messed with you too much, uh, toward the end of that one, but it was, it was definitely fun to watch. And, um, and, and, and what did it feel like to finally cross the finish line and collect the checkered flag? It was definitely a big relief. You know, this is our, our third full season. Yeah. So we've been trying for a little bit. Uh, we've been close a few times, you know, handful of seconds, couple thirds here and there. Um, you know, the first two weeks we were third both nights. So it was definitely, uh, you know, getting starting to get a little frustrating, uh, you know, seeing kind of everyone else win except for us. But uh, <laughs> Saturday just happened to be our night. Well, okay, so let's go back because we've got some new audience here for the show. And, um, and, and you and I have spoken before about your background, but, of course, you grew up around it and have been around the Oswego Speedway in particular and super modified racing for quite a while. But you, you, you did some racing on the dirt prior to racing uh, the 350. Talk a little bit about your career to date, just for those who may not know. Yeah, so I started racing back when I was five years old uh, in the quarter midgets, quarter midgets and stuff. Yeah. And then uh, we did a lot of traveling with that. We kind of ran all over the country. Um, then we went to the dirt, actually, at Oswego, uh, Oswego Cartway. We ran a couple years oh, there. Oh, that's before, right. Yeah. Yep, before we got a, a dirt sportsman, and we ran Fulton for a handful of years before we got the Super going. So let's talk about the quarter for a second, because I feel like that gets underestimated in terms of what it teaches you, because, yeah, they're, they're tiny cars. They run on little teacup racetracks of about a 20th of a mile. I eat Cheerios out of a bigger bowl than those in the morning. Um, but um, but it's great because it teaches you so much about reflexes. And when you travel like you did, especially if you're going to some of the bigger shows like Indy and you know, wherever they have the grands and all that you're, you're running against competition from all over the country and you're running at events where there's hundreds of cars. So the amount of racecraft 
that you learn from that, at least mentally, um, you know, if not physically, because we know that a lot of the classes and quarters, you don't use the break um, so much until you get up into the faster ones. But I mean, certainly mentally, you that it is probably the best training class that exists for that reason. If you travel because you you're constantly adjusting to new tracks, new new competitors that you haven't raced with. I just feel like um, that that sometimes doesn't get the respect that it deserves. Yeah, you know, like when we were traveling around and stuff, we'd be racing against uh, Ryan Blaney, Harrison Burton, Carson Hostovar. Oh, Todd you Dillon. were in that class. Yep. Yeah, we were in with all those guys. Yeah. So it was definitely, you know, every time out on the track, it was a, it was a dog fight. So, um, but I mean, those cars, everything happens so fast. You're going, you know, six second lap time. Yeah. So it definitely teaches you to look ahead. And I think, you know, that's part of the reason why we can stay out of trouble so well. It's just something I've been doing my whole life. Yeah. Like I said, the reflexes. Now, when you got into the, I mean, the, the carts are, are good too. And I, and I love karting and, and it's something I did some of and enjoyed it as a racer and have done a lot of it as an announcer or promoter or whatever still do. But, um, the, the, the dirt sportsman, I think is a great class. And, um, you know, it's a class that, that started gosh, 20 years ago, probably now, and just grew like kudzu because again, it was affordable and, um, you know, and, and you could run them in a number of different tracks. So what did, I'm curious what that taught you that you've been able to transfer over to the 350 super. The biggest thing that I think dirt taught me is throttle control and car control. Um, you know, it's not like you can just go out in a dirt car and just smash the gas pedal and go, you know, you really have to, there's some finesse to it. Uh, you really got to drive the cars. So, um, I mean, I think that made the transition to a Swiggo that much easier for us. Um, because you know, you're, you're always sliding around in the dirt. You really have to, you're driving the car more with your right foot than you are your, uh, your steering wheel. So, um, I think, you know, that just caught, taught, you know, a lot of throttle control, um, car control, things like that. So now, was it always the plan for you to end up at Oswego doing something? Uh, actually, it was not. So over COVID, uh, we were down to Bellinger's one night, and uh, Eddie B and my dad, you know, my dad's been working with Eddie B forever. Oh, of course. Been, they've been great to us. You know, without them, we wouldn't be doing this deal. Um, you know, we got talking about the 350 class, and they had the old car there that Jared got knocked out in uh, going into – turn one there i think it was either 2012 or 2013 yeah and uh so it was just sitting there without a cage and my dad said you know what is it when's it gonna take to put a cage in that car and then he goes ah, i don't really want to mess with it the next morning he calls my dad and he says if you're really serious about putting a cage on that bring your truck down you know come down and grab it so that was kind of a, a project that we worked on um you know everyone's kind of had their hands in it eddie helped us bend up the roll cage uh dalton doyle did a lot of welding on it uh my uncle had a tulip he helped out a lot with the welding on it so everyone's kind of got a piece in it but it was a it was a cool project it took a couple years to get done so uh if it wasn't for that conversation over COVID, we probably wouldn't be up there that's interesting it's funny how um you know uh, just one moment in time can change change a direction because you you were racing the dirt sportsman and then you know like you said that one conversation and all of a sudden you've got a um a 350 super modified um I mean, what is, are you looking to move up to the big blocks at some point or are you content just running the three fifties? Um, eventually, you know, I'd like to, to run a big block. Uh, we actually, we got another dirt sportsman. We, we acquired, uh, oh. 
over this this springtime here. So we're going to get that going and run um, Fulton or whatever when Oswego is off. But we want to run some Utica Rome on Friday nights. So uh, it, we're going to ma- our main priority is on the on the 350. But hopefully by the end of summer we have the uh, the dirt car going too. But eventually, I mean, I grew up going to Oswego every week. You know, my uncle was hella tulip, so been around him all the time and. Uh, going up there watching Brandon race and stuff. So it's been my dream to, to run a big block. So that that's still the end goal. Well, that would be fun to see. Um, and interesting that you're back in the dirt sportsman game again. Tell us a little bit about the car that you bought. Yeah, it's a 2020 uh, Hig Fab chassis. It's basically a copy of a, of a Bicknell. Okay. Um, we, were, we were going to, to look at kind of the motor and ended up with the whole car. So oh. um, we... Uh, so that's been kind of our, our project, you know, tinkering here and there when, when we have some time and the 350's all set and stuff, we'll we'll tinker on the dirt car a little bit. So uh, just waiting for a couple more things to fall into place, and hopefully, like I said, by the end of summer, we'll we'll be having that out a few times this year. That's great. Yeah, Utica Grove is awesome. It's, it'd be great to be able to run there on Friday and run the 350 on Saturday. I think that's the more time you can spend in the seat, and when you get into a variety of different cars like that, it really makes you think about racecraft and, you know, which car am I, am I in, and, you know, it, a little different approach, I'm sure, for each of them because you don't really turn a super with a throttle. Um, so, you know, I'm sure that uh, that's good for you too, but that'll be fun to see you back on the dirt just a bit. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. Um, like I said, you know, our main priority this year is is to run the 350. You sure. know, we're going to try and try and chase a championship with that. Um, so then we'll we'll just when we have time, we'll get the dirt car out. What is you know what are you hearing? What are your thoughts on kind of the state of the 350 division? And is there anything that you'd like to see different with with that class? Um, you know, I think I think it's a great class. You know, it's it's pretty affordable. Um, hopefully we'll eventually see some more of the SPS guys, you know, start to move up, um, into it. I know we haven't had a ton of cars the last couple of weeks, but I know there's a few of them that got wrecked a couple of weeks ago that they'll be back, uh, for our next race here next Saturday. Uh, a couple more that haven't raced yet this year are supposed to be there. So hopefully, you know, we'll have a, a healthy field of about a dozen cars. Um, but I think, you know, it's a great class. I think it's a great stepping stone to eventually get into a big block. Um, and I'd like to see more people you know, try and take advantage of it. Yeah, I would too. I love it. Um, Well, congratulations on the win and uh, certainly on a great start to the season and happy to hear that uh, you could get back on the dirt a little bit this year and maybe who knows, even super dirt week at Oswego Um, and uh, look forward to seeing what you do the rest of the season. I know you can't do all this by yourself. So who helps you make it all happen, buddy? Yeah, you know, I just have to give a big thanks once again. You know, I can't uh, reiterate this enough to the Bellinger family. You know, without them, uh, I definitely wouldn't be running up there. Um, so those guys, you know, Bellinger Auto, um, Orange Crate Brewing Company, um, 21 Tequila, and Gibby's Irish Pub, uh, those are all the, the people that make this happen. So without them, uh, we wouldn't be racing up there. So can't do it alone, that's for sure. Well, again, congratulations on the win. Look forward to what you do the rest of the season. And uh, I have a feeling we'll be getting you back on the groove again uh, before too long because one, the first win usually breeds a few more. So hopefully that'll be the case for you. Old momentum will go to work and you'll get a few more checkered flags in your future. Yeah, that's the plan. Well, thanks for taking the time. That is Kyle Perry. And we will be back with more of the groove right after this. 
Okay, folks, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors here on Inside Groove, Indie Performance Composites. They're a premier composite design and manufacturing company creating performance parts and solutions for the automotive, aerospace, and communications industries. Jeff West and his team are amazing. They do all kinds of work in the motorsports industry from dirt tracks to NASCAR to IndyCar, super modifieds. It doesn't matter if you've got something that you need designed or fabricated. Let them help you transform your idea, your vision and your budget into a workable, high performance solution. They have all kinds of services from 3D printing to finishing services End-to-end composite solutions is what they are. Check them out, ipcindy.com or indieperformancecompositesinc.com and tell them that the folks from Inside Groove set you. It's time for our What's in a Number segment here on Inside Groove. And if this is your first show that you're listening to, of the Inside Groove catalog. Um, first of all, thank you and welcome. We hope that uh, you've enjoyed it so far. And this is a segment where we take the episode number and we talk about the relevance of the number to Oswego Speedway and Super Modified history. It's just kind of a fun um, look back at uh, the history of a number. And it challenges my brain because I don't prepare for this. I just sort of try to off the cuff who ran... whatever number in this case this week it's going to be the number 20 and um some numbers are easier than others uh but it's always fun and sometimes i just blow an obvious one when i did the number 90 last year (laughs) i missed jack patrick who actually is racing it now um so you know my brain uh takes more frequent naps than it used to. So every once in a while, I just um, I just forget something obvious, and it's always fun to see one of our super fans, uh, no pun intended, yes, I did, um, Larry Trinker or somebody usually uh, will point out uh, what I missed. And um, so it's kind of a, a fun brain teaser for me, and, it, and uh, uh, I think hopefully all of you enjoy it as well. So here we go. Um, this is the number 20. Now, this is sort of weird because I, the first driver that comes to mind when I think of the 20 is Terry Johnson. But of course, you know, Terry was a little bit later on in the sequence of drivers who drove the 20. Um, When I first started going to the track in 1973, um, I think that what didn't Rick Batters, wasn't there a guy named Rick Batters? Maybe he was out of Canada or the Pacific Northwest. I'm not sure. I think he might have been Canadian. I seem to think that Rick ran the number 20. Um, that would be the first number 20 that I think I remember. Now, beyond Rick Batters, this see, this is where, because I don't remember a 20 Right off the top of my head, I do not remember a 20 for quite a while after Rick Batters. Um, The next number 20 that I think about is Terry Johnson. And I have the feeling that at least one 
number 20 ran between the two that, that I just mentioned. And, and, and Larry or somebody is going to point it out. I'm going to go, oh, gosh, yes, of course. Um, so when we have these long gaps of time, I always get concerned that my brain is just, um, has locked that particular little piece of data, um, somewhere in its closet and just won't let me get it out. <laughs> um, but I think, uh, Terry Johnson is the next one I remember. And gosh, I would have to think about even when Terry actually started racing, but Terry ran the number, um, for a little bit. And had a couple of different cars. And then I think the gentleman's name was Mike Armstrong. And I think he had bought one of Terry's cars, maybe his last one. Because Terry also drove, um, Terry also drove for a little while for Ron Mucci in the 98 I believe, and he, and I think Terry might have also driven. Didn't Terry also drive the six car for Alan Janet Bush for a little bit? Or am I just imagining that? But Terry ended up as a helmet toter a little bit, which I, to me, that's always a sign of respect. If somebody else will put you in their car, that's a sign of respect. And I thought Terry is a driver that I really thought, um, had a lot more talent and could have done a lot more than he did. I think probably it was just dollars, but Terry's one of those guys that I just thought, and even when he was in the 98, I mean, he had some decent runs, but um, I thought Terry's very talented driver, nice guy, real nice guy. And so Terry, I think sold his car to Mike Armstrong. I think Mike kept the number. Now I'm not sure Mike's background, if Mike worked with Terry or, just bought the car and kept the number. But um, then the, the, the next number 20 that I remember was when Mike Muldoon had what? I think three cars at the time and was racing all three of them. He had, what was it? The, the 80, the 50 and the 20, I believe. And in the 20, I think, and this is where, cause I, you know, again, you try to name, I know there was a driver named Dennis Wilson who was an older racer who ran SPS back when it was limited. So now we're into the early nineties. So I guess everything else would have been the eighties. Now we're into the like 94, 95 in that area, mid nineties. Uh, Dennis Wilson had an, uh, a limited is, which is now SBS. Um, and he, he ended up, uh, getting to drive for Mike in his, one of his supers. And I'm pretty sure he was in the 20 and he didn't drive it for, but maybe a few weeks, I don't think. And then it became sort of a rotating seat. Now, I'm going to say Jamie Moore drove it, but I would be willing to bet Jamie Moore drove all three of those cars at one time or another. Um, in fact, Jamie probably drove about 75% of the cars that ever raced it. No, I'm just kidding. But he was, I, I don't know if there's ever been a driver who's actually sat in and raced more cars at the Oswego Speedway than Jamie Moore. Jamie may have the record. And I'm not even kidding. 
I mean, if you sat down and thought about all the different cars that Jamie's driven at Oswego, and then there were a couple that, like, I think he raced Tommy Leeson's car one time somewhere at an Isma show. Like, Jamie, Jamie would get into just about anything. And he, he usually always made it go faster than, you know, most others did. But, um, but Jamie was, I think, one of the drivers in the 20, and I think Steve Joya actually had a few races in that. And, in fact, I think if, and I'm going to really take a shot in the dark here, but this is where I have the fun. And I mentioned this, um, I mentioned this on a recent show, I think, for some reason. I don't even know why I brought it up. But um, there was a night where at least two of those cars and maybe all three of them ended up in a pileup in a, in a, in a, in a crash and like turns one and two. And I don't know if they were the only ones or just, they were all involved, but (laughs) I think it was either Jamie or Steve that ended up on their top or on the side or on their side or whatever. But one of them, I think flipped over. I don't think it was a violent flip. I think it just sort of flipped over. Um, I, and, and again, somebody may remember this better than me. I'm just trying to recall it out of my head. But um, I, <laughs> the, the the legend was that Mike fired at least two of the drivers standing in the corner, um, which uh, would not be unusual for Mike. Um, and I say that in all good humor, not to disrespect. Um, but uh, Mike was Mike is is a very uh, he's a guy who just expected his his drivers to go out and win. Because he believed he would have won in every one of his cars no matter what, right? So, <laughs> not sure what happened there, uh, but I I remember that. Uh, I hope I don't know if I remember it exactly how it happened, but somebody may remember it better than me. But it was um, it was an interesting night to say the least. And uh, gosh, there may have been one or two other drivers in that twenty car from Muldoon, and that's where I I just don't quite. No, Mike had a lot of different drivers that drove his cars over the years himself, obviously. Um, I mean, goodness, Davey Hamilton. Um, Joe Gozik won a classic in Mike's car. Um, Joe also didn't win a classic in Mike's car. He drove it a couple times. Bentley drove it a couple times. Classics. Um, I think he drove the 80 one time and maybe the 50 the next uh, perhaps. And gosh, um, there were so many drivers, different drivers. Like I said, I think Jamie might've driven all three of them at one time or another. Um, Mike Jr. Of course, um, eventually started racing. I think Vern Lafave was in one of them. Otto Sitterly, I think ran one of them. Pat Abold, I think was in one of them. Uh, maybe the 50 car for Pat. Um, not sure which one Otto would have been in. I think, um, but I think Otto ran for him. Might be wrong, but I thought he, I think he did. Um, gosh. Um, feel like I'm missing an obvious one there for the Muldoon, but back to the 20. I think I, I don't know who else would have raced the 20 car that I didn't name, but somebody might have. And, um, and and that's that's all I remember. But the number twenty was just like I said, it's a sneaky number because it wasn't used really often. And um, Terry Johnson's the one I kind of identify with it. 
his cars were always well built, well maintained, and like I said, Terry's a nice guy. Terry was Terry was a good guy, and 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 a driver that I again I thought, uh, you know, I I I thought could have accomplished a lot more, you know, um, and there are a lot of reasons why. You know, you never kind of live up to the potential, but um, and and I'm, I don't mean that in a disrespectful way, just to say that I I thought he had a lot of talent, and um, so he was fun to watch, and so that's uh, that's what's in the number. <laughs> Next week is twenty one, and and that's gonna there'll be some stories with that one, and and Jamie Moore is involved again. See what I'm telling you? It's I'm, I'm Jamie's. It, he's I think he may be the all time. Helmet toter in Oswego, um, and even he it even extends to dirt because he he ran dirt modifieds a few times at Weedsport, so um, yeah, so so that'll be fun because we get to talk about uh, the Tobin Twenty One and some others, and so that should be uh, a fun what's in a number, and I feel like that went awfully fast for some reason, but I guess they're just unless I'm missing one or two, uh, and of course you know Kyle Perry. It worked out perfectly that he happened to win so we could have him as part of that's his number in the 350 division. So uh, there you have it. So that will wrap things up here. I don't have a lot more to talk about on this show. Um, we're going to uh, be back in the saddle, hopefully with Cam next week. And it isn't Cam's fault that we did. I just needed to kind of get this one put together here because I do have a busy week coming up. Um and wanted to make sure that I got this out early enough in the week. So we went ahead and just um, just tossed it together here. Um, Want to say thank you as always to um, the sponsors that keep this going. Jeff West and um, the crew from IPC Indy, Indy Performance Composites. Uh, if you need any fabrication work, anything made, please, please give Jeff a call or find him on Facebook. He'll be the guy with the McDonald's coffee uh, standing in front of Starbucks. <laughs> so that'll be Westy. <laughs> um, also want to thank uh, Rich Worth and the folks from JNS Paving. Rich, uh, again, Robbie's just had a miserable start to the season, hoping that things turn around starting this week for Wrencher. Um, and thank you to the grandmaster of LaGroff's pub, uh, who is Sean Cathcart and also skips fish fry. And, um, again, always neat to, um, to see Sean is just such an astute businessman and, you know, things as somebody who, who has been a businessman for a while and I didn't really ever start out to be, it just kind of happened. Um, and, um, yeah, I can tell you, it is, if you've never owned a business, if you've never run a business, um, it, you're, you're going to work way more hours for yourself than you ever work for anybody else. Um, it's, it's tough and especially in this climate and, you know, really hated to see Skip's Fish Fry close their downtown Oswego location last year. But as Sean said, it, um, you know, locations, everything. He was on second street, not first street, you know, in just that one block, you're kind of out of the way. And so 
Still got the mobile truck for skips. And of course, uh, the concession at Oswego and LaGroffs is there now too. And he's got the pub and the pub is doing great. And the food I'm sure is outstanding. I don't have to have ever had it to tell you that because anything Sean does is done with care. And so uh, much like if Richworth and his crew are going to blacktop something, it is going to look like a million dollar job. And the same with the fabrication work, engineering work that Jeff West and his team do. All three of these sponsors are great to have because they just, the quality of the craftsmanship that they put into their respective uh, work and um, the care and, and the, the sense of pride that they, they put into it to do it right is really what I appreciate most about all of them. They're all just great people. So um, please support them uh, every chance that you get because it's people like them and everyone else who supports Oswego that keep Oswego going and the Super Modified Division. So look forward to this weekend at the track. Like I said earlier, hope the weather is good up there. Hope that what we've got down here does not go due north. Hopefully it goes straight out into the Atlantic and um, dies. Uh, <laughs> it's just going to be, it's a, it's going to be a great week to be a duck here in uh, the Charlotte area, I think. So um, hope it, uh, hope it doesn't reach up there. Um, thank you all for listening. As always, appreciate all of you. Um, please take a moment to share the show Sharing is important because it builds our audience and that's important because we want the party to be as big as we can make it. So please, if you're listening to this, um, please take a moment to share it so that um, all of your friends can have access to it as well. Um, Appreciate it and look forward to catching up with you next week on The Groove. Hopefully we'll have Cam back. Until then, I'm Tom Baker. Thanks for listening and... Be safe, everybody, on and off the track this weekend at Oswego and wherever else Supermodifieds are racing. So long. You've been listening to Inside Groove, powered by IPC Indy, creating performance parts and solutions for the automotive, aerospace, and communications industries. Find them on the web at www.ipcindy.com. Inside Groove is a race chaser media production. For more exciting and passionate motorsport content, follow Race Chaser Media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, and visit RaceChaserMedia.com. The opinions expressed by our guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, affiliate, or marketing partners of Race Chaser Media. No part of this show may be reproduced in any manner without the expressed written consent of Race Chaser Media. Thank you for listening.